0: This is AutoLine This Week, the show that gets you inside the global automotive industry. AutoLine This Week partnered with the Consulate General of Canada in Detroit to produce this episode. Underwriting has been provided by RSM, providing audit, tax, and consulting services in the middle market automotive industry.
1: challenges specific
2: to your business by working with trusted advisors who help turn obstacles into opportunities. Experience the power of being understood. RSM, audit, tax, and consulting
3: for the middle market.
0: And now, here is your host, John McElroy.
3: Thanks for joining us on AutoLine this week. You know, they say that artificial intelligence is going to revolutionize the world as we know it. So we're going to be talking about that today, especially how it might impact the automotive industry. But we're also going to dive into why Canada plays an outsized role in the development of artificial intelligence. And we're doing that because I've got three Canadian experts talking with us today, including Colin Dillon. He is the chief technology officer of the Automotive Parts Manufacturing Association. Greta Kutelenko is the founder and chief executive officer of a company called Asserta Analytics Solutions. And Dan Wilson is the head of sales in North America for a company called Element AI. And I want to thank all three of you for joining me in this discussion today.
2: Thank you, Great to be here.
3: Uh, Colin, why don't I start with you? I want to ask you, what is artificial intelligence? And I'm not just asking on the part of the audience that may not know it. I don't know a whole lot about it either. And I hear terms bandied about like uh, neural networks and deep learning. Is that all part of AI? Is AI different? Uh, Let's just make it basic. What is artificial intelligence?
4: Well, John, it's uh, got its foundations from like the 1950s and 60s. It's you're you're literally using advanced mathematics, um, maybe even some physics um, and obviously computing to take data uh, uh, and analyze data. But not on the pace that maybe a human uh, like you and I would do, but at at a pace probably at uh, a thousand times or a hundred thousand times faster than we can, um, and using algorithms to, to enable that. Um, people call it artificial intelligence, so I actually, and then they'll you'll hear the term uh, machine learning. I actually like to call it uh, machine, um, um, not artificial intelligence, but machine intelligence. Uh, we have been in an area. It's not something that just came out of nowhere as well, John. It's been around for a while. You know, pretty much everything, um, whether the advancements of technology in the vehicle today, the advancements of your doorbell, uh, all of these things have a foundation of artificial intelligence.
3: Mm-hmm. And Greta, so uh, deep learning, uh, neural networks are, are those synonymous with artificial intelligence? Are they subsets of it? How does that work?
2: I'd say you can use many of these terms to describe a similar concept or a similar goal ultimately. Um, at asserta, we're using a combination of all of these things, everything from you know typical machine learning techniques to more. Uh, advanced deep learning approaches, autoencoders, and variety of neural networks. Um, so I'd say it all forms kind of that umbrella. Um, and but AI itself is kind of a a bit of a you know a very broad term to use for it. I'd say generally the way we see it is. I, you have a lot of data that you want to make decisions from. You want to understand, you know, how your automotive components are working, how to make better systems, how to monitor them and understand their condition, and all of that takes very difficult processing of a lot of data to figure out what's happening without, you know, knowing any rules about it, and then help people make decisions around it um, through predictions and and various things that
3: the that these capabilities can find. So it, it, I'd say it's it's a bit of everything. Yeah, thanks. Dan, I don't know if you have anything to to add to that. If you do, do. But I also want to know, how does this thing work? I mean, based on my limited knowledge, what I've heard is that humans don't even fully understand how this artificial intelligence works. We know what it does, but not exactly how it works. Is that right?
1: Yeah, that, that's a great point that you bring up, John. And it's a challenge for the industry. Um, what we what we do here um, at Element AI is we try to think in terms of explainability of these modules that we put together under the umbrella term of artificial intelligence. So, if you think about a natural language processing capability or a computer vision capability that attempts to mimic the human um, the human mind and, and human action, we need to unlock uh, some visibility into how those systems work. With explainability techniques that will help people understand and have confidence in the decisions that these models are making or recommending. And explainability is an area of uh, artificial intelligence research in and of itself that's designed to help to help us be more comfortable with industrializing these technologies and putting them out there into the uh, into the the human and machine interaction uh, in the real world.
3: Well, I, I think the show is explainability for anybody who's watching it too. <laughs> Colin, what I'm curious about is why Canada plays such an outsized role in this. We know China is really pushing forward on artificial intelligence, probably doing more research than anywhere. United States, very, very strong in it, even the United Kingdom. But Canada? And I ask that with that question mark inflection because Canada is such a smaller country than the other three I just mentioned.
4: Um, you know it 's interesting john it's uh, sometimes you know you use that term you know uh, quantity over uh, quality over quantity. Um, <laughs> we may only be thirty seven million in population, um, but we definitely punch way above our uh, our weight um, so it's we 've been so you 've got to literally go back to probably the 1960s uh, when you 've got uh, these young individuals like Yosha and Jeffrey uh, Hinton who are kind of you know working on what was will become artificial intelligence, uh, where they're kind of, you know, pushing their advanced mathematics um, and really challenging using the, again, the, the growth of, uh, of computers and computer science. And yeah. so to have that as a foundation job, to have those two as a foundation, um, you know, makes a difference. Plus it's not a secret. We've got some of the best universities when it comes to science, engineering uh, and technology.
3: Greta, I'd love to get your input on this, too. I mean, you founded your company in Canada.
2: Yeah, so uh, I'd say, as Colin just mentioned, we have very strong universities here. So a lot of our team got our roots out of the University of Waterloo, which is a very you know widely renowned engineering school and focusing in a lot of these areas, both of AI, but also just in a lot of software needed to utilize it and build it into ultimate solutions. We also have a lot of... Um, Innovation happening. So, talking about automotive uh, industry, uh, Waterloo has things like WhatCar, which is Waterloo's a- a- autonomous and just um, a- automotive research center, which is sort of plays a big part. We have things like APMA. There's a lot of um, and programs also that basically support us in bringing some of this really highly innovative um, cross sections of both AI and automotive, especially here. Um, into the industry. And I, I think that's kind of something that allowed us to really play on the world stage and start things here and
3: continue building things here. I'm glad you mentioned Waterloo. As you all know, I'm based in Detroit. And I got to tell you, in the Detroit based automotive industry, Waterloo is talked about as the Silicon Valley of Canada. <laughs>
2: In in, in some ways it is. Uh, We, I I would say even a lot of our software engineers head down to Silicon Valley, (laughs) maybe unfortunately, but uh, uh, we have a lot of strong um, talent here that's, you know, knows just as well how to build these systems. And then from Toronto, we have these kind of, as Colin mentioned, a lot of very strong research that initially
3: came and it just forms an extremely great corridor to build this type of innovation. Yeah, Dan, let's get your input on it. Why why do you think Canada plays such a outsized role in
1: this? Well, you know, if, if you continue uh moving east from the area that Greta just mentioned, uh, you have Montreal, um which is a tremendous uh AI hub. It's where Element AI was founded and it's where one of those pioneers of deep learning, Yoshua Bengio, uh heads up a, a fantastic academic community uh, doing groundbreaking things. Um, in the Montreal area, for example, there's been over $2 billion of AI-related research since 2016. There are 11,000 university and students university students enrolled in artificial intelligence programs. Uh, so if you look at that type of, of concentrated investment in artificial intelligence capabilities, it's really rather unprecedented, even uh, when compared to places like Silicon Valley. Uh, so you have cutting-edge research that's now being uh, at, that's now being um, brought out of those research labs and industrialized, and in, in a really long list of startup companies that are bringing that technology uh, out to you know companies in the in the real world. So it's a, quite a fantastic development, and it's moving very quickly. Yeah.
3: Greta, let's talk specific applications in the automotive industry. I, I'd like to know a little bit about your company and, and what role are you and your company doing in bringing automo- artificial intelligence to the automotive industry?
2: Yeah, for sure. So what we do at Asserta is we really look at data being generated from automotive vehicles and their components across their life cycle. So with the continuous kind of transformation in this industry and growing digitalization and a lot of technologies that are being put into cars these days, um, vehicles are starting to generate data and manufacturers are generating data from them across kind of the board, both from initial stages of design development, all through manufacturing. And nowadays, even from connected vehicles um, and even future autonomous vehicles on the road. So what we do at Assert is we take that data from across this lifecycle down to the subcomponents and utilize AI machine learning to find earliest indicators of future product uh, failures. So being that, you know, helping manufacturers utilize this data to uh, predict and avoid warranties and recalls. Um, predictive, you know, uh, condition monitoring on the road for connected cars, really doing all of these applications. And how this bringing like important um, aspects to to the industry is that, uh, you know, we're driving into this more uh, quicker cycles and throughput cycles for these vehicles. We're uh, automating a lot of these things in the cars and uh, we're basically bringing this next generation of ability to really understand their performance across the life cycle and in a very data-driven way, you know, uh, drive innovation in the car, drive performance measurements in the car, and really support um, these use case, future use cases of like autonomous mobility uh, in the industry.
3: Uh, I'm fascinated what you're talking about in terms of early detection of problems that could cause warranty mm-hmm. issues. As you know, automakers can spend billions of dollars a year on warranty. Mm-hmm. If you could help them cut that cost, wow. Is is that working out? Is it actually happening?
2: Yeah. So we've had a number of uh, tier ones that we've been working with recently all around. Um, I'd say things like transmissions and axles and motors where we're using a lot of the testing data, performance testing data that they're generating um, at the end of production lines or, you know, pre-production testing that they're doing for durability testing. And that's just huge amounts of data. So if you can just imagine, you know, an engineer trying to create every rule and try to think of every possible failure, like it, it's, it's a lot of effort. And that's something AI has been fantastic. So in some of our use cases, we've been able to reduce uh, likelihood of warranties by as much as 30 to 40 percent, which is kind of to your point leading to millions of dollars of saved uh, for the manufacturers and really improving their brand. Cause you can also, you know, know that these vehicles are not going to have those issues.
3: Yeah. Dan, I'm, I'm interested in element AI and, and what you guys do and specifically to the auto industry.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we, we, have three main pillars uh, that we recognize in the automotive industry that are challenges uh, for those companies one is a, a knowledge management challenge uh, there is a tremendous amount of tacit knowledge related to the design the build the manufacturing of automobiles that's in the head or in the deep experience of a workforce that uh, quite frankly um is, is in many cases moving on we have a bit of turnover and knowledge management and and uh, skill development challenge uh, as that generation of workforce moves on a new generation uh, comes into the factories. So we think there's a tremendous amount of, of, of opportunity for knowledge management systems um, to surface important information for people to help them solve problems factor, whether that's a maintenance problem in a factory or a quality problem that they're trying to troubleshoot. So we believe knowledge management and skill development and supplementing the uh, specific skills and capabilities of humans is a very important element. The next element that we see is very much related to what Greta described, which is Industry 4.0 uh, being the proliferation of data from assets in the factory or from assets like vehicles themselves. And that data presents a tremendous opportunity for us to uh, surface and, 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 um, and act on anomalies in that data that often a human, uh, even with some very powerful analytics tools, could not uh, process quickly enough or could not... Uh, you know, identify patterns within um, like an artificial intelligence system can. And the third pillar we see is supply chain disruption. You know, We've seen a great example of that lately, but we're looking at deep learning techniques to do a much better job at forecasting, um, me- optimizing, and managing the flow of goods throughout the supply chain. So those are three big challenges in automotive that we're tackling with the um, machine learning components that we have brought out of our research community into our organization, and then we've industrialized for use uh, within these uh, Fortune 500 companies uh, like you find in automotive.
3: You mentioned Industry 4.0 or 4, uh, 4.0. Uh, explain what that is and why AI could play a more important role in that.
1: Industry 4.0 is really, a it's the, um, the merging of the physical and digital world and in, in industry. So um, assets uh, that are producing uh, items on a factory floor or assets that are uh, utilized, um, you know, out in in the industrial field, such as machinery or equipment, uh, now has sort of a digital twin to it, which is all of the data that that asset produces about its performance. Uh, wh- that is a tremendous amount of data being created now that we can tap into. This Industry 4.0 uh, moniker is an attempt to describe sort of the next evolution of industry you know, that goes all the way back to, you know, to the the steam engine and then brings us up to sort of this fourth industrial revolution that attempts to make a tremendous amount of use of that combination of the physical and digital world to get better performance out of the products that we create um, to, uh, to inform those quick product development cycles and as, as Greta described, to also uh, in, inform us much more about the performance of those products to prevent uh, breakdowns and and maintenance troubles with those products. So this uh, this is present in the factory and out in the field, and it's a tremendous opportunity for us to apply artificial intelligence on top of that data uh, to make the the best use of that data that's being generated.
3: Colin, uh, you know the industry is pushing big into autonomous vehicles, connected cars as well. That must be a perfect application for artificial intelligence.
4: It is, John. Um, but it's also, you know, we have to take one step back. It's also, as both, uh, um, you know, Dan and Greta were saying, it's also where the vehicle's manufactured. You know, we have to make sure, you know, and just going back to Industry 4.0, we have to make sure we we as a sector are embracing the digitization of manufacturing, the use of data and data analytics and, and digital twins and simulation in order for us to better improve, you know, let's even say the bottom line, if not cycle times. And the reason we, we feel it's, it's paramount is because industry 5.0, John, is probably less than a decade away. You know, if you listen to some podcasts and you hear the likes of Elon Musk, they'll talk about neuro links, uh, which is really the cognitive connection between humans and machine. Uh, and that's going to be industry 5.0. So that's less than a decade away, John. So it's important that the manufacturing sector um, for automotive embrace it. And absolutely, the vehicles today are already uh, loaded with hundreds and millions of lines of code. You know, uh, there is is no secret to the intelligence of your vehicle today. And uh, I always talk about how the vehicle of today is closer and more similar to your cell phone. Than it is to probably a vehicle from the 1980s or the 1990s. You know, we have to understand the the benefits. Um, as as Greta has mentioned, having prognostic data systems, which can you know alert you before a major malfunction in your vehicle. You know, obviously would be a godsend when it comes to a warranty issue for our OEMs. Uh, and, but it's growing. Um, Autonomous, uh, you know, I think if we look at some of the vehicles that are on the roads today, like some of the Tesla models, they're probably at an SAE autonomous level to 2.5, uh, don't kid yourselves. Um, just because they've got a button called autopilot. But the reality is is, this, companies like Tesla have developed a chipset which will now advance that two, two and a half to possibly a three, three and a half level autonomy Uh, with the level four or the level five autonomy, John, being where literally you and I are not driving anymore. We are simply passengers in a piece of mobility.
3: Yeah, Colin, you're with the APMA, the Automotive Parts Manufacturing Association. It's an industry wide group. How widespread is the use of AI amongst your members?
4: It's um, not as wide as we'd like, Um, but it is foundational, John. It's, uh, you know, we um, at the APMA, the Automotive Parts Manufacturing Association, we've been around for 68 years. Um, We've been helping, pushing, making sure, uh, whether it's regulatory or whether there are policy changes are beneficial uh, and supportive of the auto sector in Canada. Over the past decade, there has been a trend of new members being companies that are developing software and hardware, not your usual stamping out metallic parts or injecting plastic parts. We have started uh, over the past two years, both a cybersecurity committee, uh, which is absolutely critical. um, And we could do a complete show just on cyber there, John, but industry 4.0, what we want to rename it to is the digital manufacturing, because we feel 5.0 is around the corner has to play an essential role and what we're trying to describe to our members is that if you do not embrace industry 4.0 and a competitor does they will eat your lunch it is that critical uh, that they do embrace and we're not saying just Globally embrace all segments because there are multiple segments of what we term Industry 4.0. You may not need to do additive manufacturing at your facility, you may not need to, uh, you know, take benefits from, uh, you know, augmented or extended reality. But you definitely need to be tapping into your data uh, and taking data sets from whether it be new equipment or legacy equipment, and then trying to improve the process, letting the algorithms and letting the AI and the machine learning. Make the difference. Um, the challenge, John, is is that you know if if it's not broken, why fix it? Mentality, and so we are working hard and we are pushing hard. And, and Greta will tell you somebody that we work closely with. Um, but you know it, it, it's a challenge, but it's a challenge that we've accepted.
3: Yeah, Greta, you you mentioned about using AI for tracking potential warranty issues very very early, but that's after you've already done things. You also mentioned using it in product development, which Mm -hmm. is way on the early end. Go into a little bit of detail of how you can use artificial intelligence in developing new products.
2: For sure. Well, and it kind of bridges um, the topic you mentioned earlier with connectivity and autonomy. Say as a result of trends in connectivity and this drive towards autonomous vehicles, um, companies are starting to really collect a lot of data about the vehicle's as they're driving so you know now you know you can now monitor their performance monitor their conditions see how depending on how they're being driven or where they're being driven and over what period, how the various systems in the car are impacting. And where before, we the only way, say, manufacturers had to deal with that is based on certain heuristic knowledge. Um, I'll give you just an example. So in the past for Ford, to find out which of their parts would uh, you know uh, fail too early and stuff, they would have to go and send their engineers to the junkyard to see, okay, well, which systems are uh, present in the junkyard more. And based that they'll know okay well that means it's failing more often and we need to improve the design well now that's going to all change you can monitor these vehicles see how their performance is impacted see how condition of these systems are impacted and then through systems like ours for example since we can predict and model some of that you can really start taking that back into early stages of design so that you can you know basically kind of this concept of digital twin you really can simulate on a data driven way What's going to happen to this vehicle, and then see how a change in your design is going to impact that and improve that. And I don't know, but we're seeing, we're we're expecting that that's going to lead to very shortened kind of this time to get cars to market and get this innovation into vehicles and really change how they're behaving.
3: So interesting. You you can do development in the virtual world, apply AI to really analyze it mm-hmm. before you really have to commit to the final design.
2: Exactly. I'd say Autodesk has been doing a lot of that uh, over a really long time. And there's a lot of simulation tools, but that was still driven before based on, you know, physics-based modeling and physics-based description of the vehicle. Now it can start being a lot more, you know, you can add that dimension of data into it as well. And I think, Like kind of these trends in AI is playing a big part in that.
3: Mm -hmm. Dan, uh, you talked about industry 4.0 and and Colin's talking about (laughs) 5.0. But what can suppliers or automakers do right now? You know, as you know, they're in the process of getting to 4.0 or 4.0. What can they even apply artificial intelligence to existing operations?
1: Yeah, well, building on a, a point that Colin made, um, adoption um, is a big challenge. Industrialization is a big challenge. So we look at, uh, we have a lot of data that shows that uh, in some cases, we believe a one in 10 projects uh, makes it through what we call the pilot phase or, or that proof of concept phase. So we're working really hard on tools, methods, and uh, identification of, of very specific use cases. Uh, where we can have an impact and improve that success rate of you know pilot to full-scale production and so uh, that's a big effort that we're working on not only um, from really trying to understand you know what is the business challenge that we're trying to solve but also bringing tools to bear to help develop tune build and run those models in a very reliable way uh, so that they can be adopted um, at, a, at, a, at a higher rate Um, I I think uh, it's also very important that there is a process in place for identifying specific challenges that you're trying to solve. So um, there is a mistake often of going around with a hammer looking for a nail. But what we prefer to do is take an approach of looking at a business case that has a significant value to that organization, uh, determining – whether we can drive value with machine learning techniques or artificial techniques, and then try to create a narrow proof of concept or pilot project around that to go tackle that business case with some specific measurable outcomes. And keeping in mind, how would we scale this into the organization? How would we bring the humans in the loop of this workflow? How would we make sure that we have good quality and quantity of data to drive these models? And then how would we govern those models going forward? So um, I think automotive suppliers can look um, very, They can look very specifically at business challenges they have. They can bring in experts that have specific artificial intelligence skills combined with that industry expertise and follow a very formal process for analyzing that use case, applying the machine learning models, testing and, and measuring the outcomes. And we've seen that to be a very successful formula.
3: Well, good. With that, we're going to have to wrap up this discussion. I got to I feel smarter right now. I'm not going to say I fully understand everything, but I do feel smarter. So I have to thank you all. Colin Dillon from the APMA, uh, Greta Kutelenko from uh, Asserta, Dan Wilson from Element. Thank you so much for talking all about artificial intelligence coming out of the great white north.
4: Thank you, John. Thanks, Sean. Thanks, John.
0: Autoline this week partnered with the Consulate General of Canada in Detroit to produce this episode. Underwriting has been provided by RSM, providing audit, tax, and consulting services in the middle market automotive industry.
2: challenges specific to your business by working with trusted advisors who help turn obstacles into opportunities. Experience the power of being understood. RSM. Audit, tax and consulting for the middle market.